listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening today or in the future. If you look at your calendar, I think it's uh, like the the 9th of September uh, in 2022. And we in Oregon are having one hell of a salmon run. And it's been kind of fun to see what's going on out there. Uh, people are catching fish. And so if you're listening to this as a first time listener uh, within the month of September, you probably want to think about going out and fish because uh, they're out there, man. And it, it's going great. Today, without further ado, I have a guest that I've been wanting to get on the podcast for quite some time. He has a really interesting, interesting story that I'll let him tell you. But uh, uh, we have DM from Fishy Waters um, Guide Service. DM, are you there? That I am. How's it going, Ted? It's going well. How are you, man? Good, man. No complaints over here, except I'm uh, not on the water this morning. Yeah, that would be yeah. my only complaint. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true. So true. There are those days, but you have something going going on, right? So it um, it isn't by, <laughs> by choice, right? No, I had to take this off, but um, it's okay. Um, you know, um, I guess a break every once in a while is pretty good. That's so true. So true. Well, well, DM, you know, you've told me your story uh, a couple different times about where you grew up and, and uh, how you uh, obtained this love for the water and fishing. Uh, but I'm not going to steal that thunder from you. Can you uh, tell our audience, uh, you know, where you grew up a little about your childhood and how in the world did you ever make it to Oregon? Um, and uh, be uh, guiding in the uh, central Willamette Valley. Yeah, well, um, you know, I I uh, spent my first 21 years. I grew up in Hawaii, out in the middle of the Pacific, which uh-huh. was, um, I got to be honest, man, probably one of the best places to grow up as a youngster, um, to experience the ocean on that level of surfing, to diving, to you know, laying nets, uh, shore casting, whipping, dunking, I mean, everything, you name it. Uh-huh. Besides, my uncle was a, you know, big commercial and sport fisherman. So I did a lot of deep sea fishing with him. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, water, we're surrounded by water when you're in Hawaii. And so it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's a really, really good way to grow up and be in touch with the land and Absolutely. understand what, you know, what, I mean, what it's all about to kind of live off the land. And, you know, it's not, uh, I don't know how I say it, you know, things have changed over the years, but, um, you know, we would use it as a food source and uh, mm-hmm. go out there, catch what we need, come on home, feed the family, feed the block, or we go out with a few of us, man, and we catch what we need for the party or, you know, <laughs> have a big luau and feed everybody. And um, yeah, like it's just a really, really good way to understand it and grow up. And fishing was always a part of my life. Um, yeah. Now, so now what were you fishing certain- for in Hawaii? So in Hawaii, we have, um, like, I mean, really a lot of different things, depending on what the situation or what occasion was going on. Um, if it was just me throwing a pole, I'm normally always fishing for papillo, which is um, uh, a Jack Trevally. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like our game fish there. And then as they get bigger and they cross the 10 to 15 pound range, uh, they're called the Ulua. 
and they are what most people out here would know as a GT, basically a giant Trevally. Right. And, um, Boy, when you hook into one of those from the shore, hang on, buddy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> really? <laughs> hang on. Yeah, those jacks, they, I mean, pound for pound, those fish fight harder than almost anything else out there. Um, yeah. They're up there with tunas and things like that. They fight so incredibly hard. I think it's the shape of their body and the way that, because they'll just kind of hold you at an angle, and it feels like you're pulling something in broadside the whole entire time. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, oh. this is just they're incredible um they, they taste great when they're smaller when they get bigger you know like it like most fish as they get larger probably except yeah. for tuna um you know they change flavor a little bit but um when they're game fish man papillos at like anywhere from two to eight pounds ten pounds oh they fight so hard and they taste so good and it's just uh it's like our pastime as youngsters growing up in hawaii we're always whipping for papillo and um every once in a while you catch a barracuda yeah. And then if we, uh, you know, if we're, if we're out there diving, um, a prize fish for us would probably be a uhu, which is okay. a parrot fish. Right. And um, we would, you know, and that goes over really well at any barbecue or any luau. Um, having a, have a nice couple of uhus on the on the grill stuffed is a that's a treat for everybody. Um, now that, so now that's probably, like a momo, isn't it? Uh, no, a little different. So the parrot fish is like a um uh you know you got uh, uh we call them a uhu mm-hmm. and um you know so it's like uh it's like a, i mean it's a reef fish that's what it does it eats it's eat, it eats reefs yeah. all day long and that's yeah. you know they create sand <laughs> but they're beautiful man they have beautiful colors on them you mm-hmm. know some of them are blues and yellows and pinks on them and then uh, other ones would be like red blacks and whites yeah um but like i said yeah it's a prize when you're diving Wow. Um, it's kind of what we're always looking for. Yeah. And then taco as well, you know, um, which octopus, uh, mm-hmm. taco would be the Japanese uh, for octopus. And just another thing that we, you know, we cruise around the reefs and we're poking in holes and stuff. And, and then of course our Pacific spiny lobster, um, you know, hands down the Pacific spiny lobster and our slipper lobster. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maine can't even touch those. I, I'm telling you, yeah, those are some of the best lobsters in the world. Um, and yeah, we grew up catching those. And so I feel like we've always eaten really, really good down there. <laughs> it sounds like it. So, so, so yeah. how did this transition happen then from, from Hawaii to Oregon? I mean, it, um, it, it's perplexing to me. Yeah. You know, as a youngster growing up there, I, uh, never thought anything about it. My parents were always really good planners. Uh, back in the mid eighties, they bought some property out here in Oregon uh-huh. and that's pretty much it, you know? And so back in 86, 87, they bought some property and, uh, um, that was always their plan. So they were always looking towards retirement and they were working towards it. And finally in 99, 2000, that day came for us to move away. I was, oh, whoa. Um, you know, I lived in the same house for 21 years growing up as a youngster. I never moved. Right. And, uh, it was a really big experience to come on out here to the mainland, which is what we call it from Hawaii. Sure. Um, but yeah, we came out here to, and to the United States and yeah, started a life in Oregon. Um, I was living in central Oregon, which, you know, it has its beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a hard time being so far from the ocean. Um, it just wasn't for me out there. I, I spent about a year there and I was, you know, I was straight to Deschutes river, going all over the place, trying to figure out fishing here. And 
what can I catch or how does it work? And I was, I caught a few big Browns, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, and a bunch of good, some good sized rainbows and stuff, but it really wasn't filling the void. Um, and then I had a girlfriend at the time that was living out here in, uh, in the Willamette Valley. And so I decided to just move over here and I moved over here back in Oh one. Mm-hmm. And immediately, uh, of course, you know, there's two beautiful rivers that flow right through Eugene here. We have the Mackenzie river and the Willamette. Right. And yeah, I, I hit the river immediately and just started doing what I was doing in central Oregon for trout. And I was catching trout and stuff. And then all of a sudden I seen somebody up the bank with something a whole lot larger on their line. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that was probably the first steelhead I saw and it was a summer steelhead. And I was like, wow. Okay. So that was it. Nose to the stone. I started doing some homework. Um, he really wanted to figure this game out and, um, started fishing really, really hard, um, mm-hmm. going all over the place. Finally made some really good friends and, um, boom, we started hitting the coast. And my eyes just got opened up to all of this. And then I had seen this stuff, you know, on videos and a few magazines here and there growing up right. in Hawaii. But, it, you know, it's just videos. Mm-hmm. It's, not, uh, it's not the same. When you come out here and you're, you actually start doing this stuff and trying to figure out all, all these different ways of catching them, it was super interesting and intriguing to me. And, um, yeah, I just started fishing harder and harder and harder and uh, on a mission to meet the right people. And um, started taking guided trips um, to anybody out there. Uh, uh-huh. Recommended that is some of your best ways to learn waters around your area, and um, just learn some tricks of the trade and some do's mm-hmm. and don'ts and where to be, where not to be. And um, yeah, like I said, I was just looking for that big tug. You know, the the drug <laughs> is in the tug, man. And I just kept looking <laughs> for it, and finally got into them. You know, started figuring out the summer steelhead program, and then the winter steelhead program, and where you know, all the different things about the, uh, the coastline and which rivers, you know, have which runs. And it was a lot of learning. The learning curve was huge. Right. And then of course you end up areas that you, uh, anytime you start fishing below dams, things like that, hatcheries, I didn't know anything at first. And I was like, Whoa, there's all this fish everywhere, but there's also all these people everywhere. <laughs> I, I was just like, it's an eye opener. I, but the learning curve was huge for me. And um, trying to figure out the right way and the wrong way. And I'm looking at this guy over here. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. Um, you know, some guys are fishing with yarn and other guys are fishing with sand shrimp and other guys are fishing with just a corky. And, and I was like, whoa, I was just mind boggled for about a good year, maybe mm-hmm. two years. Um, and trying to get it, you know, wrap my brain around what was going on. And um, finally realized that a lot of these guys, you know, um, really weren't fishing properly. Right. And that also kind of was some heydays. We had a really big run on the spring Chinook for a few years there when I first showed up. And um, yeah, people were, I think you could catch them on anything during those times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like Oh two to like Oh five. And um, right. yeah, it was really, really good fishing around here, whether you were steelheading or spring Chinook um, and then uh, started figuring out, you know, fall Chinook. And I was like, Oh, you know, and finally caught my first 40 pounder. Right. And that was, oh, I was hooked. I mean, I was so hooked at that point. I was fishing nine days a week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, were you guiding at that time? I was not guiding at that time. I was attending uh, bar okay. and not really, not really sleeping. Um, I would attend bar and we'd get off and we'd, 
No, we'd get off at the wee hours of the morning and we'd jump in the car and we'd go fish. And then we'd fish until like, you know, 11-ish or so. And I'd come home, really take a nap and then go right back to work. Wow. Um, it was, <laughs> but uh, it was everything I can do to just, you know, fill the void and try to figure this whole game out up here. Yeah. Um, but ever since then, it's been a, it's been a great road. Um, it's been super interesting fishing for you could say professionally or you know as an occupation it's uh-huh. kind of always been a little little thing i've always wanted to do since i was a youngster i mean i fished so hard as a kid growing up and watching my uncles do it and some really good friends do it commercially and um charters as well in hawaii i just i was always fascinated by it um i'd always get to be on the boats and i was deck handing and um you know cutting fish and cutting bait and um i just thought it was cool i just thought it was really really cool um, I wasn't ever even worried whether the money was good enough or not. I just liked and enjoyed the fact of being on the water and just being that close to mother nature was always a really cool thing to me. Right. And so to be able to do that here in the Northwest is, um, it's phenomenal. Um, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, being a yeah. native Hawaiian out here, you know, um, learning these lands and their ways and, uh, being able to fish in really special places out here. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's awesome. It's a well, you know that yeah, uh, that, that, yeah. That day you and I spent on the water, and I want to thank you again also for that. That was a, a month or so ago. You know that was one of the things I I noticed is that that when we got on the water after I had to go and retrieve my phone and some other things that I had forgotten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, but but I just just noticing how much you enjoyed being there. I mean, it was, you know, you, you know, you'd been on a, what, a nine or 10 day run of, of, of fishing every day. And, and it was like every, every little, little nuance on that river, you know, you, 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 you found joy in man. And you were, you were just a pleasure to fish with. And um, so you can tell you've got this thing running in your blood, don't you? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's something, I mean, it is, it's one of my passions. I have a few of them and this is one of them. Uh-huh. And, um, I, uh, yeah, fishing, I don't know what it is. Like I said, it's, it got into me at a really young age and yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I really, really do. Um, and so taking people out and getting them out of their norm and showing them just a little bit of nature and a way to sustain is actually, you know, it's, uh, it's gratifying to me. Um, and it's right. a treat to be able to be able to do this. And, um, yeah, I don't take a single day for granted because things change so drastically and so fast out here that, uh, yeah, I live in the moment and I try to enjoy the moments while we're out there because um, that's just kind of what life is all about, really, man. Enjoying these moments, man, because that's all we can do is create these good memories and, you know, live it up while you can. Cause, that's right. Um, there is an end of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for uh, noticing that. Um, you know, it's the one thing that I always do carry with me. I really, really enjoy the water, whether it's the ocean or the river. I just enjoy even frozen water. I mean, mm-hmm. I have so much fun on mountains out here. I've been snowboarding the Cascade Range since 1988, and um, I have yeah, I, I enjoy it. I've been up and down this whole West Coast, snowboarding all over the place. Really, um, wow. from Whistler. Yeah, from Whistler all the way down to Big Bear, and I, uh, um, yeah, I, I just love, I, yeah, I love water. I love board sports, and I, yeah, I love water, and I just, I like being out in nature, um, being unplugged. As you can tell, you're my website guy, and you help me out, and you have been, <laughs> I'm not plugged in, you know, uh, I'm just not. 
I, I like to be out there. Well, that's um, how you run, man. That's that's great. That that is great. So you you have two different boats, right? That you can take people out in. A hundred percent. There, I actually do have three of them. You know, if we're really? something okay. even smaller, I do. Yeah, I have a smaller drift boat. Um, but normally my, my two mains, uh, yeah, I got an 18 foot Clackamax made by Clackacraft, which is, boat, uh, getting man. all, it's getting spruced up right now. Yeah, yeah. They got, uh, it's up. Yeah. It's up in Portland, man. And, um, I got a few things getting fixed on, to, uh, fixed up on it and it's getting all rebuffed out and, and there's some touch-ups. And so she should be looking good as new, uh, mm-hmm. come next week. And then, uh, yeah, I got a 24 foot river Hawk, uh, open bow sled. It's, it's seat six um and it's a it's a new boat for me uh-huh. and i just picked it up this season and we have um it's fishy i tell you what it's had a lot of blood on it so far it's been really good to me um i honestly can't wait to get back out there next week <laughs> and and you go out in the big water and play with that a little bit don't you if if, if everything's yes. right 100 percent. it's uh it's a deep v and it's got high sides and that's mm-hmm. what I was aiming for. Um, and yeah, as long, you know, weather permitting, um, I'm out in the ocean as much as possible. Right. Um, that's, it's a great playground out there. There's a lot of fish to be had. Um, it can be a little bit more challenging because it's such a big area to be fishing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I get out in the ocean as much as possible. Uh, I've been working on, you know, um, trying to get bottom fishing into my program because right. I'd like to take people fishing and things. So that's all, that's all up and coming for me um right now my mains have just been you know salmon trolling um but uh yeah uh in the future that's what i'm leaning towards and looking towards um oh. i want to get more bottom fishing oh that's yeah. awesome man that, that is awesome now now what rivers or what part of the of, of, of oregon do you typically fish in the fall so i am you know i'm i'm registered as a central coast guide so I really stick primarily to the central coast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll go up as high as uh, Silette and I start working my way down. All see Sayuslaw, as we know, Sayuslaw is closed this year. Right. So Umpqua, um, Coos. And then I also go down. I like to do the elk and I like to do the sixes. Uh, those rivers are special down there and you don't get that much time down there, but I could get it. You know, normally I'll get a good six or so trips down there. Uh-huh. Once again, weather dependent. And, um, yeah, I love, I love fishing those rivers down there. Uh, really beautiful, um, super majestic compared to some of the other ones around here. Oh oh, Um, yeah. 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 If nobody's had a chance to get down to the elk and sixes, give me a call someday and we'll get down there. Um, So you, you, yeah. So a lot of your clients come from the Willamette Valley, probably as far away as Portland or even further than that. And then I yeah. mean, you know, when you're fishing south, then obviously, you know, Roseburg and Grants Pass and Medford, you know, they can uh, meet up with you and, and fish with you there. So you've got a, a large swath of Oregon that you can, you know, handle guests from, it sounds like. A hundred percent. I really try to. I want to be as accommodating as possible. People are coming from all over the place to enjoy what we have out here in Oregon. And so, um, in fact, I have a few people coming from Connecticut. Uh, coming up in another week or two. Um, I got a few other people coming from way down south. They're going to come up here. Um, you mentioned it, Medford. And mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, I have some Port- I have some Portland people uh, going to meet me down on the coast. Um, so, yeah, I really, I, you know, I'm open to everybody and anyone. I just fished a few people from Texas a few weeks back. See, they had a blast out here. In fact, I did mm-hmm. two different groups from Texas. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, 
yeah, I yeah, I'm like I said, I'm open to everybody and anyone. Dude. Come on on, come on right. over and give me a call. And we'll, we'll fish wherever's fishing. Yeah, yeah, you know? and and for those that are not from the Pacific Northwest, uh, you fish out of an area in called Lane County, County which uh, has uh, Eugene in it, and Eugene has a really nice little airport that you can come in and out of from major hubs, and so um, you know the you can you can you don't have to drive a tremendous amount of distance to get where you're at. That's a good call. Yeah, Ted, you're very right. Um, yeah, because Portland's the main. But from Portland, you know, it's a quick hop. I think it's only 40 minutes yep. to fly from Portland, Eugene Airport. And um, and then, yeah, from Eugene Airport, uh, there's quite a few accommodations around here. Mm-hmm. And then, ironically, most of the places that we all fish, there's accommodations pretty close by. You mm-hmm. know, within, within 30 miles, I would say, which is a short drive for fishing <laughs> right. here in the Northwest. Yeah. Um, if I'm fishing Celeste area over there or all sea, people can be staying out in Walport or they could stay out in Newport. Uh, a lot of hotels out there, Airbnbs and VRBOs and things like that. Um, and then when it's springtime fishing here in town, there's a lot of accommodations right here near our Mackenzie and Willamette River here in Eugene and Springfield. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good one. Um, and then, yeah, fall time, you know, I'm right on the coast. Lawrence has a lot of accommodations. Um uh, Winchester Bay uh, area has some uh, decent accommodations out there as well. Um, I would probably recommend Florence. They have a little bit more choices, and then it's only 20 minutes down the road to right. uh, Winchester and reach from Florence. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and Florence is sort of a kind of an unknown place on the coast unless you're from here. But they've got a great big casino there now and stuff with the nice hotel attached to it, and so you know you can get kind of the both of the best of both worlds, the fishing world and uh, you want to uh you know kick your heels up a little bit they've got that too 100 percent, man mm-hmm. yeah i always forget about the casino up there that's a really good call um yeah, yeah you can't can get a little bit of everything in man you can get some good times in some late nights and then some early mornings if you come there, fishing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go so you're going to be fishing salmon through the end of this year is that right and then think, uh yeah, 100%. Then, you, then you switch over to what steelhead in the in the winter Yes, sir. So salmon season, the way it works out here, you know, we start fishing for salmon April, May. I'll go up north even, and I'll do a few trips on uh, on the on the upper Willamette, or I mean the lower Willamette and Columbia, uh-huh. and I'll do some spring trips out of there and do a few in Oregon City. And once once the spring salmon run starts, spring Chinook, it kind of doesn't end for us. You know, we, we're fishing for springers all the way through and then most boys after fourth of july start headed out to the ocean and then we start fishing for ocean run uh kings and mm-hmm. cohos and that's you know that starts in july and uh the way it went this year everything was so late and so overlapped i stayed in town and i fished chinook spring chinook here on the Mackenzie all the way through july i've never done that before mm-hmm. and i worked here in t- all the way through July until August 1st. And then I went out to the coast and started uh, ocean trolling uh, all through August and started up the river mid-August. And now here we are in September and I've been still doing, you know, I was out on the tips, like I said, the other day and I got out and we were fishing for, yeah, Chinook and Coho right there in front. Um, right, right. Well, that's awesome. cool. And we dropped crab pots. 
the crabbing has been awesome this year. I mean, outstanding, really big numbers. I've only been throwing like four pots out there and still getting like 28 keepers, you know, uh, 26, 28. A um, couple of really big number days for me. I don't you normally know, throw that many pots, but like I said, I only just throw like four. Some guys are throwing like six and nine, but I just put four pots out there. A little, you know, it's like a little cherry on top for the customers. We go out, we catch some fish, come on in, pull the crab pots up, boom, fresh Dungeness crab. It's uh, um, <laughs> Can't beat that, man. No, it's a really good way to kind of top the afternoon off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and send everybody smiling, you know. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It's you been know, really, really good. Like yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say it, you know, um, in, in regards to uh, the type of fishing that you do, um, you have a couple different drift boats. And for those people from the Southeast and Midwest and that sort of thing, can you explain really what the advantages of fishing out of a drift boat are? Oh, 100%. So the drift boat, you know, the first one was made here in the Willamette, uh, Mackenzie Valley, back up in here off the Mackenzie River. Mm -hmm. Um and it is it's a it's a it's a river boat i don't know how else to explain it that has an extreme amount of rocker to it so it is with a pointed nose and a even the tail comes way up out of the water that way it can allow you to flow down the river and and actually take on some of these river uh wakes and curls that are made from uh rocks and things like that in the river and um the advantage to a drift boat is that it's like a it's a whole new it's like a whole new day every 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 time you come around the corner you know mm -hmm. you're not limited to one area or one hole you get to fish everything so every nook and cranny and every hole all the way down the river that might be holding fish we get a chance to fish it um and it's just yeah you can't really get a better presentation than that the boat allows you to get your customers and your presentations into you know flowing just just perfectly coming at the fish that are lying in these areas mm -hmm. um and a bunch of different ways to do it you know i do a lot of motor fishing because uh, once again it's a really good way to present to these fish we'll keep the boat off of the off of the water we'll way off to the side with the boat and then i'll keep all of my customers casting right into the fishy zone and mm -hmm. where the holding water where the fish might be and we do a lot of i do a lot of side drifting um which is you know it, in the rivers you're trying to make things as natural as possible you want it to be flowing with that river as naturally as it possibly can so then the fish doesn't think anything of it and they'll just go ahead and snap at whatever you throw to them mm -hmm. um and it's like i said it's i it, it's awesome it's really fun number one to row a drift boat and to come through the water and you know pick your lines and read water and you know it's a it's an enjoyable experience um really coming down on a drift boat is really nice um it can it, be soothing it can be calm you know it, it always amazes um, me you know in a drift boat when you're coming through uh you know some fairly uh um uh fast moving water and if you find something that you want to fish it's just a couple poles on the oars and you're sitting on top of that water not moving and so the fishermen yeah can make you know two or three or four different presentations to uh, a fish that's hiding behind a rock that if you were just in a um, in a, in a, a typical lake type boat or you know just a motorboat you'd only have one shot at that fish and with a drift boat you can position it with someone good at the oars and and you can make multiple casts in areas where again typically you you would only have one shot at it 100 percent 
Um, and yeah, just like, you know, the difference between bank fishing or boat fishing. I mean, yeah, we're able to get into these positions and, and give everybody as much opportunity as possible to try to get this fish to commit. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't always work. You know, some of these fish are finicky, not going to lie. They don't want to bite everything you throw at them, but, That's right. um, at least, you, at least you get some chances. Yeah. And, um, drift boating is really cool. Um, I enjoy it a lot. Like I said, it's, um, besides getting some exercise on the oars, it's just, uh, it's a cool way to come down the river, you know, oh, yeah. just, uh, experience the river, you know, yeah. you don't get to see some of that stuff. If you're just, cause the, if you're just bank fishing or stomping bank, you don't get to see everything. There's just some areas that you just cannot get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being in the drift boat, you, yeah, it just, it opens up the playing field. Bottom line is what it does. And you get to experience the whole river and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's awesome. There's no cover on it or nothing like that. On those right, rainy right. days, you know, bring your <laughs> bring your ring <laughs> So, yeah, so but, let me, uh, yeah. So let me ask you: Was there one particular person in your life that really set this fire in there to, to go fishing? Uh, whether it was in Hawaii or here, um, you know, is there is there like a, a mentor that got you kind of started in the business? You know, no. <laughs> Um, my mom did show me some things right off the bat as a youngster. She showed me how to bait a hook and she kind of taught me how to catch some of my first fish. Uh-huh. Ironically, wasn't my dad. He, my dad is not a fisherman. Um, okay. yeah. My, so my mom, all the fishing really comes from my mom's side. Um, my, I guess my dad's dad, uh, my grandfather, he was a big fisherman, but, uh, he is, he had passed away way before I was even born. So I never got to meet him. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it was just something that I was fascinated by in Hawaii. Uh, my uncle, like I said, he was uh, commercial and sport and he did both for a while. And I would just go into his little shop on the side and I would just be in awe, just looking at all these different lures, man. And I was just super fascinated and they were just really cool to me. And I actually had some really close buddies growing up um, that we just, I don't know, we would, as soon as we get home, we drop our school bags, jump on our bikes and, right right across the street you know i was literally about two minutes from the water really? and so yeah within like five minutes we could all be fishing and uh i had a buddy growing up and he had a lot of family in his house and so literally we were feeding his family on the norm i would say like two three days a week wow. um and so we yeah he and i just really clicked really good buddy of mine alan griner um love him to death he uh yeah he and i fished really really hard as little kids I mean, I mean, like seven years old, you know, eight years old, we started fishing really hard. Mm-hmm. We never really had any mentors in our life showing us how to do these things. We just kept doing it and um, trying and going and doing and losing fish. And I mean, where we were fishing, we'd be catching all kinds of things, puffer fish, hammerhead <laughs> sharks, right. big more eels huge barracudas i mean just all these different things and like oh you know and we just kept going and going and going and we literally we would fish like three four days a week i would surf like three four days it was just a yeah and a lot of us just fished and we dove together we had a lot of friends you know i had like three four of us man and we all dove together we're you know some days we'd be swimming miles we just swim miles out in the ocean we'd be in the ocean for like six eight hours diving just free diving and um yeah so i would say my friends really these were like we never had any one big mentor that showed us how we showed each other how yeah um, yeah. you know 
watch, you know, we'd watch all old guys. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of old guys on the beach and throwing net and, uh, you know, poking fish out there and everything. And of course, you know, when they, a lot of old gentlemen in Hawaii, when they see young kids watching them and wanting to learn, they'll come and show you. Yeah. And we would just, yeah, we asked a lot of questions and we just watched and learned. Um, that's and we helped each other out. Yeah, that's a great yeah. way to, to learn a, a, a fishery or, you know, what's what you can use to catch fish. And I, I did that as a as a young adult in uh, at Diamond Lake. And uh, we always would see this guy come back in with a stringer of fish like you wouldn't believe. And we'd have our two or three, you know, and, and he was kind of a quiet guy, but he would sit in the bar. And so one time I went into the bar and there he was. And I said, hey, let me buy you a drink, you know, and I go, no strings attached. I just want to buy you a drink. I appreciate what you do, you know, and you've obviously got this thing figured out. Well, it took me like six drinks. And um, finally, <laughs> he, he loosened up a little bit. And, and, and he was catching fish off of crappie jigs at Diamond Lake. And big ones. It was crazy. It was, he was always out fishing everyone. So we, the next day, my brother-in-law and I went out. And uh, we went out and we, we had some crappie jigs with us. And by God, if we didn't ca- start catching fish out there also. And we're, and, uh, we're coming back in, in shore and we're thinking, now, wait a minute, you know, there's all these boats out there. They're going to have one or two fish. We've got a stringer of 20. Um, you know, what, what are we going to do? So we took the crappie jigs off and um, I had uh, uh, went into the little store that they had there and, and asked what lure that they were having trouble selling at that time. And he goes, we bought all of these flatfish green frogs and we can't get rid of them. I go, I'll get rid of them for you. So I bought two of them from him, went back to the boat, tied them on our rods. And then we pulled the rods out and the stringer of fish with these, these flat fish green frogs on it and put it right by the cleaning station, you know, and people were, were there looking at it, you know, and uh, they sold out the next day at the, at the store and we didn't even have to sell anything. Uh, good, for, uh, good for you guys, man. That's a, that's a good way to make friends at the store right there. I tell <laughs> that, you what, that's, dude. that's exactly right. But that, you know, like I said, it probably cost me 20 bucks in drinks with this guy. And he, he finally kind of coughed up. And this has been 30 years ago now, but um, it was it was kind of funny. Yeah, you know, DM, appreciate your uh, your time today. But I've got one other question for you that I ask uh, most of my guests. If you knew that tomorrow was your last fishing trip ever, right? Tomorrow was your last fishing trip. Who would you fish with? What would you fish for and where would you go fish? If tomorrow was my last fishing trip. Oh yep. man. Um, yeah, I have, I have a few buddies that I would probably want to fish with. Um, yeah. Some of the guys that I started with up here, um, probably three of my buddies, um, really good friends of mine. In fact, one of them is my rod maker, Catch Fire Rods, Chris. Oh, Hill. wow. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. And then uh, Jason Hagen. He's a J Beard Guide Service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my buddy Serge. Yeah, my buddy Serge, Solomon Popish, man. He showed me a lot around here. Um, same with Mike Kelly. He showed me a lot. And then my family. My wife is such a big fisherman, and so is my son. There and I would probably want to fish with all of those guys on my boat at the same time. And, um, yeah. Wait, then where where would you fish? 
Um, I probably have to be up, you know, probably up in the select area more than likely. Oh, there you go. Um, it's, it's a really special place and it's nice up there. And yeah, I'd probably come fishing through there. And fishing for uh, steelhead and salmon, depending on the time of year. Yeah. Yes, sir. Wow. That, that sounds like probably, a great day, man. Oh, 100%. That would probably be it for me right there. If it has there. to be the last day here in the Pacific Northwest. There you go. Yeah, and that's there a hard thing because there's lots of fish for out here. You know, oh, yeah. there is a lot. It's bountiful out here. Um, yeah. If you know what you're fishing for, you, yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to fish for. Yes, there is. So, DM, how do people reach you? If they're listening today and they're going, gosh, I want to go fishing with that guy. He has a lot of spunk and a lot of heart. How do they get a hold of you? The best way, you know, really, my phone number, 541-556-1499. Leave me a message. Throw me a text message. Um, I also have a website that you can get a hold of me by, uh, fishywaters.fish. You can always look me up that way. Um, people have been doing the the uh, social media stuff. I do have a Facebook and mm -hmm. uh, and an Instagram. Um, so you can find me on either one of those. Um, but yeah, my phone number is the, the biggest one. And then, yeah, please use the website, jump on there and you're able to fill out a little, uh, you know, questionnaire and your information. And, um, I answer back as quick as possible. Normally, you know, as, as soon as possible that evening, um, sometimes I'm on the water, so I don't get the message as soon as I'd like, or messages get left kind of late night, but I get back to them first thing in the morning or as soon as I can. Um, those are the best ways, but I really feel like my phone number, just give me a call. Uh, I always answer my phone and, um, yeah, like I said, people text message me all the time from all over the place. And that's a way to get a really quick response. Absolutely. And, and again, that is uh, fishy waters guide service, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Great name, man. Great, great name. DM, as always, it is a pleasure talking to you. I had a lot of fun, learned a little bit more about you today. That was, that was cool too. And uh, I just appreciate what you do and what you do for the industry. You're giving it a very good name. And, uh, you know, the people want to come out to Oregon or if they're in Oregon, want to learn uh, new rivers or new techniques, you know, you'd be a great choice for them. And I want to thank you again from uh, uh, the bottom of my heart and, and for, for what you do for the industry, because it's very important. Oh man. Thank you so much, Ted. I really, really appreciate it, man. And, uh, Please, you let me know when you got some free time on your schedule, and let's uh, let's get you back on the boat. Hey, that that'd be that'd be fun. How do you how do you say goodbye in uh, in, in Hawaii? Uh, basically, man, aloha. Aloha. Thanks again, DM. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you, Ted. We'll talk soon.